Hey, hello, welcome. How are we doing? How are you all? At the time of recording, it is Sunday afternoon. I've just got back from a camping um, wild camp with my three children. Never planned for it to be three of them. It was um, <laughs> me, them three, and the dog, Skipper, powerful Skipper, Labradoodle, absolutely crackers, dog, but lovely. I left it late. I left it late. Busy weekend. Um recording podcasts um, or doing podcast work and then my wife out doing doula work and then we'd planned I'd planned to take the kids out and do like a proper um, kind of build a camp day going to put the tarp up collect wood cut the wood prepare the wood dry the wood and cook a stew and do like a long one pot stew cook Um, but I fucking totally forgot that it gets dark at like four o'clock and we didn't get out into the woods. We were actually walking and making our way into our little spot in the woods at like quarter to three and it was raining and it was dark and I was like, oh, fuck. And my daughter wanted to come, so I was originally going to take the two boys and my daughter was adamant she'd wanted to come since we'd spoken about it in the week and we kind of thought, well, you know, well, let's see what happens when we get to it. We said, well, you know, it's going to be dark and it'll be cold in there and the boys will be all muddy and you might not want it. I do, I do, Daddy, I do, I do. And I think she was going on the idea that we were going to be doing giant marshmallows on the fire. Anyway, got to the crunch and she wanted to do it, so okay, follow their lead. That's how we do it. If they're inspired and they want to do something, then I guess that's what we've got to do. So she came, and I'll tell you what, she was fucking brilliant. I wasn't. I was super stressed. I told the boys, come on, you've got to go and get some firewood. Get some firewood quick. When we finally got to our spot, I'm trying to get the tarp up. I'm doing a bad job. I've picked the wrong spot. The fucking tie leads aren't long enough to reach the trees. It starts raining. I'm stressing. I'm the worst version of dad that they can be with. Come on, guys, you're going to have to get wood, get wood. And we'd been driving around to go outdoors just prior. And um, they'd had that kind of thing that happens when you go out in a car in the middle of the day. They just turns them into zombies and they want to fall asleep. My little daughter, on the other hand, was picking, sort of anticipating what I was going to do next. And I went running across the wood to check out some other trees. She brought stuff across. She was helping me. It was raining. It was cold. She was a bruiser. And I was so proud of her. And she was brilliant. The lads did well as well. They got loads of wood together. And luckily enough, we got the the tarp up. We got the tent up in good time. Excuse me. And we even had a a little fire just on the corner of the tarp. And we managed, although not to cook a stew, we got it up enough to cook some steaks and have some nice burgers and we toasted the marshmallows and the fire kept us going till bed. So it was amazing. It was stressful, but the kids loved it. And watching my little children running off into the black, black of the forest night with their little head torches on and chasing the dog around was amazing. And the dog was was wonderful to have with us. Um, and we could hear the owls and it was amazing. And I'm so chuffed, but yes, yeah, certainly left it late. But that's another story. I might even do a ramble chat. I've got some nice footage of the kids and um, there's some other things I want to talk about. Just about unschooling and society and fuck COVID and uh, all of that stuff. So I might ramble chat and drop a bit of that stuff in there. But anyway, we are on with this episode. So we're proud to be sponsored by Go Deep Flotation. Unfortunately, you can't do it. So I'm not going to hang about. Flotation therapy is a wonderful thing. Google it, check it out. It's amazing for you. If you are worried, if you are 
hearing all this vaccine chatter about fucking, oh, you've got to have a vaccine, you've got to have a vaccine if you're going to be healthy and safe. Fucking bollocks. You need a vaccine if you really need a vaccine. You don't need a vaccine for healthy people who are going about their lives in um, um, healthy ways and applying themselves. You know, we really need to learn a lot about vaccines before we just willy-nilly have vaccines. So, flotation therapy is a really, really health conscious thing to apply to your life because it minimizes stress and it helps it helps to mitigate stress physically mentally and everything else and stress is the home of pretty much everything that's going to go south i'll just google it but the people that go deep kieran and annie are amazing people they've just done a promo for packages for reiki and floating that they were doing just before this nonsense of a lockdown um but check them out now because with the code word CHEW, you can be all educated up and ready to rearing to go when the government allow us out of our houses again. So, godeepflotationtherapy.com. Or godeepflotation.com, I should say. Um, and our second sponsor is still powering through, lincolncryolab.co.uk. Same thing again, guys, is I say it every week, health, health, health is more than an injection or an advert or, you know, a mask or fucking just these meme ideas. Health is getting off your arse and doing something. And it generally takes discipline and it requires work and application and dedication and discipline and all the things that we don't want to do. We want to sit home on our phones, don't we? slagging off everybody else whose lives look better than ours in the little thumb rolls but you really do have to get off your arse and if you're prepared to do a bit of reading you know i think james english powerful james english um who's been a um a helpful kind of ear for me I've, I've bounced a couple of ideas off james when i've been getting this podcast moving um he's just done a podcast i think it actually went out today at the time of recording sunday with wim hoff um, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet, but I'm going to check out because I've been following Wim for a long time. Um, probably, I don't know, five or six years or whenever he popped up. I think, I don't know if he was on the Rogan podcast when I first saw him or otherwise, but on Scroobius Pips, I really enjoyed it on his podcast. And I just followed his stuff and he's amazing in terms of using the cold and using breathing and being vigilant and present. And he's literally rewritten the books of physics James's uh, podcast has gone out today, so I'm really looking forward to catching that. But Wim is somebody where the cryotherapy comes in. You know, embracing cold is so good for us. It's so fucking good for us because you set the mindset to do it anyway, and then everything there that happens is physics after that. And we can we can really take so much from embracing cold. And on the cryo, it's three minutes of boom, freezing, minus 140, minus 150, minus 120, whatever it is. Uh, three minutes of that and it is a strange and crazy feeling when you hop off it really is and the good news is is that cryo can keep moving cryo is happening in the lockdown you can do it you can go into lincoln cryo lab and you can say i've got a code word i listen to Tudor chat podcast and the crazy guy on there is always banging on about how good this is for you and in this worrying time I just thought I'd come and give it a crack and Matt and Paula and everybody all the staff will look after you they've got wicked CBD line in there you'll end up meeting cool people who are really mindful of how they look after themselves you open up a whole new world and you will love it check it out code word chew 10% off lincolncryolab.co.uk 
Okay. Last week, I just want to give a shout out to Tony. Um, Tony's episode went out, Tony Gooch, and it's it's been a cracker. Lots of lovely messages, and we've had a couple of messages from other lads um, in other parts of the country that are really keen to come on and give give their story of redemption and coming back from a difficult life of abuse and so on. Um, so Tony's episode was amazing. I really, really enjoyed chatting to him, and I don't know about you guys, um, if you agreed with me when I said to Tony a couple of times during the podcast about the fact that he just is persona and his personality and his traits just seem to be positive and nice and I didn't feel the kind of energy of a of a violent criminal from him it didn't feel like it was in in his in his um front gears of his mind anyway I mean we can all flip and we can all change and we all have been different different fish at different times but he was a lovely lovely lad and I wish him all the best and it was really great um to get that 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 long chat chat with Tony and we'll do something again in the future I'm sure uh, I listened to um, Darren G's podcast with Michael Maisie this weekend which I really enjoyed because I've, I've, I know Michael's story a little bit he was actually on SAS the SAS show with uh, the guys Jason Fox and everybody and I saw him on Sean Atwood's podcast originally and really, really was drawn to his story in the same way that I was to Darren at a later date, although I wasn't podcasting when I saw Michael Mays' story. Um, but I'm definitely thinking about approaching Michael because I love his demeanour. I love what he's doing. He's really jumped on and helped Darren G. I think he's really helped him facilitate um, putting his message in some kind of a in some kind of a template that he can actually get it to people with. Darren was doing a great job of just organically just talking his talk and moving through the town and through the cities and through the country promoting it but now I think he's got some structure through Michael uh, and their podcast was fantastic and Michael has got a really compelling story himself and he's a lovely sweet guy and I'd like to get him on here but again all in that same that same realm of lads who've who've lived difficult lives and managed to turn a corner turn a leaf and put that back into young people because we are living in times of as I always talk about on this podcast Inspiring young people is the be-all and end-all of a brighter future. You've got to make younger people understand the trials, the tribulations, the values, the pitfalls. If you can do that, you've got to be honest about it as well. You know, you can't sugarcoat shit. We can't say things to please people. Oh, don't say that because you'll upset somebody. That's a big problem we've got with censorship and the whole thing that's going on in the world at the moment. Too many voices, too many people to please, too much PC, too much left, 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 left. We've got to get real. We've got to, we've got to get back down to the nuts and bolts and the reality that not everybody can be pleased by everything. And truth is where progress of any kind of meaning lies. So those kinds of podcasts have been amazing and Tony was great and the the YouTube videos over a thousand in this week I think. And we're really grateful for that. The YouTube is is where the growth is really firing through. I think the videos people getting behind the curtain of the podcast um is really is really uh working well for us and we appreciate it. If you're not on the videos if you haven't seen any of the videos then do head over to chew the chat podcast on youtube hit subscribe hit the notification bell and give us a follow and check out some of these people in the flesh as it were we've got plans to do streaming some live streaming stuff in the future so looking forward to that but we are really grateful for everybody who is doing that if you are just listening on apple or spotify or whatever it is but if certainly if it's apple a review and a rating really goes a long way and helps us guys um 
get this podcast to other people like yourselves and grow, grow our little Tudor Chat family and sort of get these conversations and these ideas flowing and the younger people, it's um, it's where it's at. If we can get messages to young people of, of lives lived, that uh, lessons have been learned and we can pass them on, that's amazing. Okay, this week we are chatting to the powerful team member Darren Hazelwood of Spiritual Awakening Worldwide and his permaculture farming page that he set up which is fair farm oh let me double check this actually i'm sure it's fair farm i get confused because it's perma permaculture organic farming let's get this uh, i've just got it up in front of on the screen but darren was a sweetheart and a gentleman he was just lovely um yeah permaculture organics is is the uh tag on there so darren is previous guest Connor Hazelwood's dad. Connor is the uh, the owner and main content deliverer of Spiritual Awakening Worldwide, a big page on Instagram, positive, positive memes and, and ideas being popped out to 20,000 plus people on that page. And Darren's his dad, who has got a really compelling story, came from that hard kind of London family life, work hard, big boys don't cry, you know, didn't really know who his dad was. And then one day his dad broke down on his, on his shoulder and... It changed everything for for Darren, and he's he's organic farming and creating a space for men to get together and talk. Really wonderful podcast. I really enjoyed sitting with him. They're a lovely, vibrant crew, those guys, and I think you're going to love this as well. Okay, I'm going to play some music, and I've chosen a track by the powerful Paul McCartney because, uh, I don't know, I thought about the Ram album. I thought about the story as it unfolds with with Darren and when Paul went up to Scotland after the Beatles and just chilled out and decided I'm just going to be a farmer and live simply it was always quite a contrast at the time all the talk was about all this love between Yoko and John and this ultimate love affair and this ultimate love and peace and that was all great but actually what was happening quietly over up in Scotland on the Isle of Mull there was that Paul McCartney and his wife at the time Linda and their children really were a loving family farming away from the razzmatazz and this record captures that and it's a fucking brilliant record and this one in particular i'm going to play three legs kind of it kind of poked a bit of fun i think at john back in the time you make of it what you will but it comes from a farming u-turn so here we go without further ado this is episode number 38 of the tudor chat podcast we've Darren Hazelwood. Well, when I walk, when I walk, oh, my horse upon a hill. When I walk, my horse upon a hill. When I walk, 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 oh, my horse upon a hill. Love me still. A dog is here. Dog is here. Dog is there. My dog, he got three legs, but he can run.
flies out. But mine got one Deciding to just get out there, yeah. get amongst it and crack yeah. it on. Yeah, they went in there. We'd had, uh, I mean, it's quite a big uh, parcel of uh, woodland, like, you know, and we'd never done nothing with it. Never had time because, you know, even though we, we'd we been there quite a while, but I still was wor- working away. Mm. Um, so um, I, we'd never done nothing with it. And uh, they went down there and then uh, myself and my wife sort of, Rolled down there to see that you know what damage the smoke was causing. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, make sure they don't burn the old place. Yeah, out. and then we started with a little, little, um, uh, just a little parcel they was going to clear. And uh, as as through lockdown, we would just get up in the morning and then go off and start clearing another area. Myself and Connor, but it was all done old school, so there was no. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all we did was bought a bow saw. Right. And the rest was done with like axes, yeah, bow yeah. saws. Um, Connor was like, "You're so old school, like you know." Yeah, yeah. You've got a chainsaw. Just kind of said, "No." I said, "It's um, something feel good and right it, about it." It was mindful to do it. I'd already done it with my grandson because we'd done some other um, little projects, mm-hmm. and I was teaching him mindfulness, like you know. Yeah. So with a bow saw, just with the rock, and yeah, and you just see him disappear into nothingness, like you know, oh, just wow. the, yeah. So I just took that mindfulness into the woods, and and it was actually kind of like get the chainsaw, so get the chainsaw. I said, look, that just it was quite, it was about ten inch trunk, like you know, the tree had fallen down. I said, just cut it, just get into the flow, and yeah. And afterwards, he just went, wow. He said that was just so peaceful, like you yeah, know, and, and just got the bug. So uh, yeah, yeah. That's think? a real nice kind of little metaphor for where I want to go with the conversation, where I feel like a lot of my. Uh, that I've spoken about on this podcast, which we'll get to about, we've got to get back to putting automated 
luxury down a little bit mm. and just remembering a little bit about hard work and yeah. earning something. But yeah. listen, I'm going to welcome you. Thank you. Darren Hazelwood, you are father, handsome father of handsome Connor Hazelwood, who from you're obviously all part of the Spiritual Awakening Worldwide group. You've got a wonderful movement um, putting out super uber positive energy. I'm so interested to talk to all of you at various stages as we, as listeners viewers know they've already they've already met Connor and they've talked us through the educational side and the remote learning of spiritual awakening worldwide and I think your good lady wife she works in the psychological side of things yeah. and you are You've got the page on Instagram, which is the Fairfield Farm Organics, yeah. and you're part of the crew as well. So talk us through what you bring to the table and, and how it all came about and, you know, what what's the future look like for the energy you're putting out into the world? Yeah, there's a, I mean, the group of us all sort of brings something different. Um, I'm not from the, the you know, I'm currently, I'm currently doing a, a, a level two counselling skills course. Oh, okay. Um, but it's sort of all been stepping stones, really, to here. Um, I'm quite um, into the mindfulness, the meditation. Um, whilst I was working away, um, I was like, you know, what do I do? Shall I go to the pub again? Or So just briefly, I want to step in. So we talked just before the podcast about you You were from down south, just outside London, yeah. as we as we learned when we talked to Connor. And there was the famous incident, I think, that Connor referred to, the Essex boys. Yeah, there was um, a lot of violence and stuff happening at the time down there. There was. It, I mean, it's always been there and thereabouts. We was only just literally just outside London. Um, I'd moved out as a as a youngster from London to to the suburbs, if you like. Yeah. It was progressively going downhill. Um, once upon a time, it was a you know a leafy suburb to live. It was mm. it was nice, but it was gradually getting bad, worse and worse and worse. Um, um, we had been looking up. Just there was a program come on uh, the telly, uh, the island. I think it was called about a young couple with kids who had moved to to Shetland Isles. I think it was, and we kind of got hooked into the program. And we was like, "There's got to be something better, you know, more more natural for for the kids." You know, I was. We were kind of the last. You know, I'm 50 now, so we were kind 50? of... 50? Yeah. Oh, you're doing fantastic, <laughs> So <sir. laughs> we were like the last of the feral kids, like, you know. We yeah. would get up in the morning, we would go off and play and whatever. Yeah. You know, you cut your teeth falling out of trees yeah. and stuff like that. And it was... The kids didn't have that. You couldn't... Yeah, in the concrete them. jungle, yeah, that, yeah, that, could, essentially. It, weren't, it wasn't safe. It was the road was under a mile an hour. There was mm. so much traffic and it just weren't safe. And um, so we was looking and... Julia's mum and dad sort of were looking as well, and then um, we um, bought, we put an offering on the place up here that that we pulled out of in the end, <clears throat> and uh, they carried on. So they moved to Woodall Spa, and we used to come up in the summer, and you had the Lido out there, and the woods, the walks, and and then there was a murder down the road from where we lived, and we just went, right, let's just get out. That of was here. it. Like, that, yeah, yeah that's what go. Connor had mentioned. Yeah, so yeah. you up sticks, and you wanted, to, you just wanted more for your kids. You could sense that the concrete and the the lack of that f like you say climbing trees mm. and just exploring your environment yeah 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 it's, so, it's it, i mean the world's a massive place and you know you'd same with you with your wild mm. camping like you mm. you know and you get out there and you just breathe the air and and mm. 
enjoyed a moment. It's, so what would you have been doing then, Darren, when you were working in the city? What, what was your history when you got out of school? What did, what did you follow in terms of your career path? What did you do job-wise? I didn't really have a career path. I left school with not a single thing. I, mm. You know, I didn't excel at school. I didn't... I didn't do, you know, well Did you at enjoy all. school at all? I was you just having a laugh with the lads and playing football and yeah, all the usual? Like, you know, just one me, of the lads, just, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, I always had the ability, but no one really knew how to engage until it was too late, like, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I loved poetry, and um, the only teacher really um, pulled me in was an was a English teacher, and, and to me, I was, you know, I was one of the lads, and... To be into poetry weren't cool. It yeah, you know, keep it under your heart. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of a bit of a secret, like you know, you don't, <laughs> you're going to destroy your credibility. Yeah, and uh, so, uh, so there was. I'd written a poem in 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 my book, and um, and he come over and and I just said, like, I I'm not even going to bother showing up for. I was in for the exam. I said, I ain't, I'm not going in. I'm not mm. going to turn up. He said, Look, most of your your exam is going to be built up on. You, you know, you, you fold a lot, you know. He said, mm-hmm. um, fill it up with poetry. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm not, not going to do that. Like, yeah. He said, no, he said, you will, he said, you will get a grade. And and that's what I did. And, and I was constantly on detention, which was in the library. So he was on, you know, yeah. I think it's called isolation now. But like, that's and I was it, yeah. going there and I'd just fill my book up with poetry of what I was feeling at the time. And I actually got a grade four CSE, which was amazing. Like, right, you know? yeah. So, uh, I did thank him for that, but I, 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 <clears throat> I was um, so from the age of eleven, um, I, I, all I wanted to do was be in the Marines. Okay. So I would physically trained myself from so from the age of eleven. That was my career path. I, I was going to. So do, you knew then you had, you were locked on totally. Was that already in your family? Was your dad? No. no? I, my grand. Um, there was military in the history, but my, no, my my dad wasn't. Uh, no. 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 Mm-hmm. And. Uh, <laughs> So from the age of eleven, I knew that is exactly what I wanted to do. Wow, um, <clears throat> that's cool. That's knowing something like that and being driven. Yeah. So I would, um, where I lived was three miles away from all my mates. I'd been because I was in a lot of trouble as a youngster. I got I went to a school which was miles outside the area, which my parents fought to get me in. Um, but all I did was move from one chaos to another chaos. Um, which was miles away, and I used to have to get the bus, um, and I'd get off the bus right outside another comprehensive school, so you knew that was going to kick off. Um, we had to wear a uniform, so I'd put my uniform in there because I knew there was going to... So every night when you got off the bus, there was a fight, you know what I mean? It was, right. it was it weren't good. Um, so in the end, I used to jog it, so I would time myself as part of my exercise. Um, so fitness was key because of what I wanted to do right um so as it come up at that time you could join uh, the military at 15 and a half as a boy soldier um so I put in for the applied off my own back um did the medical did the everything I needed to do got accepted and then my dad who was anti-establishment went I'm not signing oh no so he said if you want to do that when you're 18 you do that when you're 18 so mm. there I was with no career path what I wanted to do I couldn't do so can I just jump in there then, Darren, quick, because it sounds interesting. What's the dynamic with your dad then growing up? You mentioned you're in a lot of trouble. You go to a special school. Your dad wasn't behind you with that. So what, what was the dynamics at home? Were you brothers and sisters for you? 
Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got an elder brother and a younger sister, yeah. Elder brother and younger yeah. sister. And then mum and dad together? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So did you get on good with your dad? Did your dad see you doing this training? Did he sort of get keep an eye on you and think, oh, Jesus, he, the, the boy's the boy's putting effort in here? I, I'm, I, I don't know. I've ne I never, ever had any feedback. Um, really? The, nah, so nah. it wasn't really, you weren't close with your dad then? <laughs> no, no, no. No, he was, um, you know, you know, after a lot of, of looking through, because obviously a lot of things I could have done um, when, how I am as a person now, right? You know, you go through that stage in your life where you think, oh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a, a circumstance of what I went through. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my self-development has really been looking into that and, and the emotional supplied, you know, mm -hmm. I think we tend to say, yeah, okay, it was a, it was a different time. Of course. And things were different. Yep. Um, but the emotional side, I used to, you know, think, oh, maybe the, there was a massive lack in the emotional or the intimacy side of, of my childhood. But my parents were brought up by people who was, you know, the, my nan, oh, she lived in the underground because of the Blitz. Whoa. All the way through her, her teenage years, my Whoa. granddad was off fighting in a war and mm. I, you know, I can only assume because, you know, sadly they're past now, but, you know, I can only assume that when you're emotionally protected through your own experiences, you pass that on to your children. I only mm. was aware with my own children that, that I wouldn't be like that. And yeah. I can, I can be totally... That fork in the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can be, you know, my kids and, and Julia's, my wife's the same our conversations with our kids are completely yeah. open like you know, yeah when i spoke with, with with your son um connor you know we had a lovely chat and he sort of made me pick up there when he was like he said he have existential chats for you two yeah. at the table it was yeah. mum and dad and yeah. i i think i touched on my own relationship with my parents my mum you know especially who i grew up with you know the it seems so um normal to sort of suggest the idea of having a deeper meaningful conversation with your parents but it's not even on the table for so many young people children whatever the age yeah. to actually get in whether you're cracking open what easter is to your five-year-old you can get into that with them and you can engage them and connect and open them up and explore yeah. or if you're 25 and you want to discuss you know transcendental meditation because you've read a book you know and go there with your parents whether they're into it or not just to be the, like that is so powerful mm. and if you get to ex exchange that with your own folks so it's interesting to hear because i've taken a path like you it sounds like where i don't feel like i had that as a small person as a child and i'm super aware of being engaged in it with my children mm. that's mm. that's a lovely thing to hear when yeah. i see that happen with people yeah and the same with my grandchildren. I mean, yeah. Liam comes round and, and you know, um, <coughs> it, um, Liam and his eldest sister come round. Um, we had them for the weekend. And um, we we went down like the, you know, where we've got a little field that we do some stuff in, meditation circles and stuff. And uh, they come round and um, we went down and we didn't tell them what we was doing. But we just went in there and we just sat there. We put the chairs out and um, took our shoes and socks off and just put them on the earth, like. And because and mm. we had done it, and you know, take your shoes off, like, you know, take your socks, just 
come and sit down and do that, mm. like, you know. And then we did some meditating and the, and um, where the pine forest is, there's some trees that are sort of touching and swinging in the in the in the wind and that. And I said, just, just close your eyes if you listen. Let's just pretend we're on a sailboat, just with the you know the yeah, creaking and the that. Yeah, the creak of the timber. And then yeah. and, and, and um, there's some eagles. So as you go in there, and uh, we've got some buzzards that are nesting in the woods oh, over the wow. back, and um, they come over and they were you know. The, like you, the eagle mm. calling mm. and that mm. it was just so monumental it was there and then we went in um, we got the bell tent at Connor Minchin yeah we yep. went in there and did some proper meditation and um, it was quite funny because uh, Liam had been saying about his knees and uh, the following morning he got up he said I don't know what's happened he said but my knees ain't hurting today and how old will Liam be at he's, this point he's 11 so, he's 11 so, years yeah, old so we didn't say what we were doing didn't say we're going to go down there and you're going to sit down there and do some earth and we just went down there and, and, and yeah just just let, just present let. with one another present with the nature yeah. present with the environment yeah. Yeah. so coming back to your childhood then Darren you know that's that's I mean it it's so simple. That sounds very simple, doesn't it? You know, all we're going to do is have a wander in the garden, take our shoes off and just be together for 10 minutes and just appreciate being in the garden. We're just going to allow ourselves to not think about the gas bill or the school uniform or whatever the fuck. Mm. But we all find it really difficult to do that. So with your childhood, you've recognised that that wasn't necessarily there. You're 15, nearly 16. You've made your mind up for four or five years what you want to do. I'm imagining you kind of just as you've said yourself, kind of shielding yourself a bit and kind of imagining a bigger, wider world out there and you're just prepared to go out there and get it and go for it. Then the, then your dad says, no, I'm not going to sign for it. How do you feel at that point and what happens then? Uh, well, if you like, it was like uh, the rave scene and all that was just kind of bubbling up at the yeah. time. So it, it, I, I pretty much... At fifteen and a half, we was we was drinking. We would, and you're in London still at this point. We, yeah, no, we were just on the edge. Of, just off, on the just edge. on the edge. Yeah, um, sort of in. The, we're just on the edge of the London boroughs, and mm. um, yeah, the party scene was just kicking off, and and I pretty much fell into oblivion. It so was, we kind of late eighties get, yeah, getting on now. Like eighty six, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, so it was kind of. Uh, I, I went. Uh, Work with my uncle in a metal polishing um, company, which mm -hmm. was horrible. It was horrible. It's noisy, it's dirty, it's dusty, smelly it's as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just dirty. You come, you know, you come home from work. I used to have to. I had a motorbike at the time, so I would jump on there, and you come home like a Coleman, like you know. What I mean, it was mm. horrible. Um, but one thing he did say to me was that, um, and and we were working polishing these great big metal. Um, poles polishing them and, and you've got massive machinery and, and and i just looked at him i said oh this is horrible he said yeah but just remember this he said no one ever died of hard work yeah and and carried on working so he owned the company but he was physically working at the time and uh i used to um i was i was with a couple of elder mates and they were working on uh, on the roads and that and then, and then they said how much money there was on it and then they said there's a job do you want it and so I went, yeah I'll have that and, and after that all I ever did was chase money right um, I, I'd um, I'd blown my motorbike up and I got on a train and um, me and Ju like my Julia my wife we um, had sort of we'd been to school together and uh, I'd got on a train and she happened to be at the, at the platform so we got talking, and then we see a few each other a few times. I was off in oblivion world, like you know, the world was a party. I'd work hard, and so and you're working hard, and I like. We'll come back to you. You you mentioned that you 
you know, you, you, your good lady wife, Julia, who you're with to this day and you've got your lovely family and grandkids, you know, you went to school together, so we'll get back to that. But So I'm just putting it together now, the picture in my mind, and maybe for listeners as well. So you've, you've, you've been art set on going into the, into the military. It doesn't happen. Your dad puts a kibosh on it. You kind of go, okay, well, I've got to earn money. I'll get out there, work with your granddad. That sticks in your mind. Was it your uncle, did you say? Uncle, yeah. You, yeah. you work with your uncle and it sticks in your mind to this day that he says, hard work never killed anybody. No. And then you get offered a job. This is often what happens, isn't it, when you when you start getting useful as a, as a lad with your hands and your ability. You get a job chasing some money, you get on the roads and there's banter and all that. Do you take that work ethic with you, right? Yeah, yeah totally, get stuck totally. in. It was... Um, that, you know, we used to. Have, there used to be a lot of lot, the Irish used to come over working on the roads, and and you know they worked hard. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. So if you didn't have that work ethic, you didn't last long. Yeah. Um. So I was a young lad. I was you know physically fit. I, I was already you know most people go into that game and it takes them a month to even kick in. Like you know, mm. but I was already pretty. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've been training yeah, for four years. Yeah. You've got that mindset as yeah. well. And with, yeah. you, with your uncle putting that in there, yeah. that's already there. Because yeah, if that, you're deciding to run for the bus or run past the bus, you've got that in there, aren't you? You're yeah. prepared to crack on. Totally, yeah. And then um, I was working in, in the city. Um, so I used to commute home and uh, I'd missed the train. Um, and uh, so I, I thought I'll, there was a pub at Fenchurch Street Station at, right on the platform. So I thought I'll go and have a couple of pints and then I'll get on the next one. So I went there and then as I walked down, so we hadn't seen each other for two years maybe. And Julia was standing there and then we just got, we got, and that's how we met back up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we, we met each other when we was 10 before we went to senior school. Right. And then we was in the same form class all the way through. Yeah. Um. So, sort of, so, and then when we left school, we sort of parted. You know, yeah, as you do, in, yeah, bumped into each other and then you you, you bump into yeah. each other on that train on that yeah. train station there. So that was um, we got together, and then um, so at, you know, kind of it was always in the back of my head at eighteen, I'll, I'll you know sign up and I go off and do me me stuff. But obviously, I, I met Julia, and mm. that was didn't matter. I was off working, I had a good work ethic, I was earning good money, yeah, and I met the person I wanted to be with, like you know, yeah. I mean, it sort of, um, yeah. yeah, it was really. Surreal, if you like. like so you uh, don't end up going off to the, to chase the marine dream, but you've started to build something out of your work ethic that you'd put together with that in mind anyway. You obviously meet and make a f- very wise decision to this mm, day, yeah. in 2020, and you're mm. still together with a blossoming family. So when you when you and Julia do so, sort of put roots in the ground then, what are you doing at that point and, and what are your visions for a family yourself are you just working and enjoying time and going out together and or are you thinking about having a family pretty soon or we we um yeah i mean the, her eldest leg come along pretty much there you go within a very short time so um it wasn't uh the, the the thing with the military was for me was it's a you know part of my i i was I, all through my senior school i knew what i wanted to do i was going to sign up for the full term I wanted to do um, the French Foreign Legion at the end of that for some crazy reason. Mm-hmm. So I had a whole team. The, the, the minute we sort of met and my lad come along, well, it's to me, it's not a, a, mm. a married man's game. And if yeah. you've got kids, forget it. Like, you know, so um, because of my work ethic, I always used to work on price. I wouldn't go on day work. Even as a, as a youngster, um, we was off on price and, and that was it. Like, you know, so it yeah. was flat out working. Yeah. Um, moving from contract to contract 
and chasing the money. Would like, you be you know? going around the country then, Darren, or would you be mainly down sort yeah, of mainly down south at that time? A lot yeah. going on. Yeah. And so when your boy comes, are you kind of how, how does that impact you as a young man? What would you? How old would you have been then when when your first boy turns up in on planet Earth? Eighteen. So you're eighteen. Yeah. So you're young. Yeah. So ha- can you remember how that felt when we're pregnant? I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Really? I, I, yeah. Weren't scared. I, I wouldn't say scared. I was nervous of of my own ability to be a dad. Mm. Do you know what I mean? No, there's no books. You, well, you know, at yeah. the time there was no internet. It was. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't a great reader of books, so you mm. know what. You're going to go on what you've got. Yeah. 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 Which was, I was nervous of my own ability to be a dad, but the, um, you know, I, I um, the, you know, the, the night he was born, I went outside and, and made a promise to the moon that, that you know, I would do your damnedest, do, do my damnedest and, yeah. and, and, and hoped that that would be good enough. Like, you know what I mean? It was, um, the intimacy side was quite natural. I was quite a sensitive child. Even though I was desensitized, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's kind of where I was wanting to go. Is when you get told you're going to be a dad, do you do you think right? I can grab this. I can grab this, and I can. I'm thinking subconsciously here. You know, like I can give what I haven't had in a way as well. Uh, in an unaware, in an unaware way, totally yeah. unaware. Um, I, I, with your kids, sometimes you're, I think. You, you have to put a bit of bravado on and, and be a dad. Well, what's, what's a divine masculine? Who who mm. teaches that? That You know, mm. I, I think I was lucky that I had my granddad, I had my uncle, I had good male moral roddles yeah. to, to follow um, and to to be what it was to be a man. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? You were either a hero or you were a provider. Which one are you going to be? I wanted to be a hero. Well, that's mm-hmm. taken out of my hands. Now I've got to be a provider. What does a provider do? So you make it up as you go along, you yeah. know, and yeah. make sure that everyone's provided. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, um, it's only really been the last five years that I've been on this sort of uh, internal progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always work orientated. I have to pay the mortgage. I am the provider. I have to do yeah. this. You want that? Right. I'm going to provide that for you. You know, yeah. and, and boom, 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 it goes along. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's kind of the way it went. So you're working, you're busy in the city, you're on price work. And for people who don't know, price work is basically, you know, the job's worth that much. And people on price will just crash it in and do it in half the time that somebody who's on a day work or on a mm. or on a salary would do because they're just going through the gears. Mm. So you're gobbling up work. So you you go on to have another two children. You've got three kids. Are you around as much? Are you still working? Are you kind of are you making the time to have the moments? Or are you just like a lot of dads are, just mm. providing and then shattered? Oh kind of a yes and no at that one yeah um we we used to go off camping with the kids mm-hmm. um and um we used to do, you know then we bought a caravan so so uh, then i was kind of had been moved up into a supervisory level um the, one of the directors had kind of sort of see some potential even though i left school with nothing mm-hmm. i had that that's that work ability, ethic, isn't it? yeah hard work won't um, kill you no and uh so i'd made a supervisor and and we we'd been camping and 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 we decided to get a caravan and then we used to do like magical 
mystery tours around France. So we, we first time we went to France, we didn't even take a map. We just went, right, I'm going to head in that way. Oh, we great. end up to where we end up. And we used to do things like that. So oh, that's amazing. When, you know, um, and I used to do this one time, I think I did 26 hours of driving without stopping just wow. to get there. And then once we were there, we would have, we'd go off on canoeing adventures. And, and so, oh, that's you awesome. know, I would do lots of work. If the kids wanted to do something, we would do something. Mm. Um, and uh, so I feel the only, you know, with the way I did work, um, you can't replace time, you know what I mean? There's, mm. and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, you can't buy that time. So when your kids grow up and, and you look at them and you think, God, where did that time go? Mm. That is, if there was a regret with the children was that, there was a lot of time spent earning, but we was a, tr if you like, a traditional uh, family growing up. So I would yep. go off and work, and and Julia mum would be making would, home, and yeah, yeah. Was, was, which is which, a fucking full time, yeah, full time job. job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, one of the most important full time jobs on earth. Yeah, which we seem to have removed from society, Sorry. where we send two parents to work and send the kids up the road to be looked after by somebody else, mm. which is bizarre. Yeah, it wasn't until I mean Julia took some different jobs and uh, she used to work in the city before having kids um in insurance and um she didn't particularly want to go back to that um so yeah it was just a traditional if you like an old-fashioned mm. family unit like you know mm. and mm. and it worked you mm. know it's, it's um like you say two people can go off for work and buy two nice cars that they can't afford but yeah. you can't have the holidays you know we, yeah. we could have gone off it weren't until the kids were older that we started off on the package holidays and that type of thing and, mm -hmm. and then the caravan went so mm -hmm. uh, but we had great the kids still speak about it like, yeah you know, well um, it's that that's the stuff that i'm so so lucky that i managed to muster and learn early is that that time i mean everybody tells it i mean that's the thing with these old kind of wive tales or you know ideas and memes is that they're so ingrained in us that we, it's almost like we don't take them seriously mm. but you can't get time back you can spend money but you, you know you spend time that's it mm. that is it and trying to keep that balance right is that's my my goal in this life is just trying to make sure that i get enough work done to make sure that i've got the time that i want so i'm i'm um, when I speak to people like yourself who, you know, you've been aware of it, you know, you said that to the moon when your boy's born, you know, you, that's in there, isn't it? Mm. And it must be interesting for you now then, as you mentioned, you sort of say five, the last five years or so that you've kind of having this kind of internal um, sort of awakening maybe and looking back at things and piecing the puzzle together and realising how the map formed and then that can be a wonderful thing, it can be a painful thing, it can be a difficult thing, but overall, all of those things seem to kind of collate and create a lifting, elevated presence and yeah. and a, and, um, that can pass on in abundance. And as we've already heard, the way, you know, the grandkids are sort of, they're feeding from that now, aren't they? Yeah. And it sounds like, even when I spoke to Connor, that family unit you've got and my family will come over and we'll do one of these these nights, that... That all that all those lessons and all those um, experiences are, are bubbling through everything. Absolutely, it's um, the the um, I mean the, the, the my self development kind of Julia was had done a sort of counselor training. She was doing her own thing that then gave me time and and then um, it was it was actually my dad coming up. He's the the, the brother who told me you ain't going to die through hard work. He had been diagnosed with 
terminal cancer. My dad's a, a sort of old school. He didn't want to tell me on the phone. He come up, and obviously, you know, back in back in the day, it weren't you know, you, as a boy, it was don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, yeah, cry, and I'll give you something to cry about. And, yes. you know that type of thing. And and he come up and broke down. And I, you know, absolutely broke down. Had and you ever seen that no, from your dad? No, 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 no. And it was I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. How old were you been then? It was only about eight years ago. So was, you're, that you're, was the trigger for my spiritual awakening. That so was seeing that, your dad actually allow himself to be in his skin. Yeah, he couldn't hold it anymore and he cried like a baby and I, I didn't know what to do and, and I just put my arms around him, hugged him and it was like having a child on my shoulder, you, you know, when mm. the, the child sobs and I just held him like, you know, I said, it'd be, you know, okay, it would be all right, like, you know, and it was kind of like roles reversed as allowing, giving him permission just to go, let it go, let it go. It's not something that I can do. It's something mm. I'm currently working on. Of course. Um, even today, I still struggle with because of my ingrained and 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 <clears throat> when they they kind of been up for the weekend and and went and I, I just looked at Julia and obviously Julia through a job is at that time was massively more advanced than mm. I was. I just went everything's a lie, like you know. And she said, "Well," I said, "Well, you got battered for crying like when you was a child." And, and I just my dad's broke down like you know, and that sort of was the trigger was to look. For answers now, like that, just that was Pandora's box coming open, yeah. like you know, and a lot of mirror work for myself, um, mm. some real deep reflecting on on stuff, and um, so I, I then so Julia would be teaching. I think she was doing four at the college four nights a week. So instead of watching rubbish on the telly, I was doing YouTube and looking yeah. for deep and meaningful stuff. Um, which then I would use. He gave me the tools to go into my own head and take the engine apart and put it back together. Mm. You know, to put the right Absolutely. pipes in the right place. And, yeah, and, because uh, so much of it, Darren, is that we grow up in environments under a certain set set of circumstances, and generally the house has its set of rules because Dad likes it this way, and Mum and Dad's expectations are that, and that's how it was for them, and that's how it'll be for us, and. Obviously, as we've moved through time, we, we, we are always learning. We're always becoming more abundant with information, with our experiences, so we can start to see things more. But it it never ceases to amaze me how locked in we can be, even shoulder to shoulder with our peers. Like, we can be locked into the traditions or the expectations of of the generations before us, even though, I mean, I, pick, I sort of imagine your dad there when he breaks down to you. He's not just crying for his brother. He's crying because of life, because it ends. And because when it, when we do get to those points of real, I don't know, really being at the edge, facing things. I mean, I know you guys do DMT meditations and things, and I, I do things along those lines as well. And when you're taken to... I don't know, there's a place. It's almost like if someone tells you something really bad, you know, that that maybe you're not going to make it. You know, you've got... You hear this all the time with people with near-death experience or people who've come through terminal illness. When you get the news that the lights are going out, that's it. All of a sudden, we, we muster the strength to to raise up all those deleted files that we we try to bury, subconsciously or otherwise... And all of a sudden, all the wiring just comes up, and then we're like, "Whoa!" And then we want to, we want to fix it, we want to put it right, we want to hold on, we want to. 
and I, I almost feel like your dad there in that moment it felt like to me as you're telling it it's like he it's like he wants to tell you he loves you and he didn't want you he did want you to be able to cry or mm. you know what I mean like mm. just let it all out mm. and when we're looking at ourselves and trying to break those patterns and those chains and then you're recognising there's so much anger comes through you for me anyway it was like this and not dissimilarly to you you know when I started to think hang on a minute everything's not how I've been told it's supposed to be and the values that I've had set in place for me that I then project out into the world aren't really mine they're not really me and it's never felt right but I've always kind of done them because that's what's expected or you know a clip around the ear or whatever it is so then when you start unraveling and go hang on a minute you know there can be anger frustration and ultimately sadness and hope you know for me anyway of like all oh, right okay maybe me mum and dad or whatever happened it wasn't the greatest way that it could have been or we didn't realize that or whatever it is and as you say we're, we're lucky in a time where youtube and the internet and the ability to just realize why do i watch fucking every single sports event that's ever on even though i don't like rugby i'm watching do you know what I'm like? why do i do that why aren't i learning something <laughs> why aren't i actually wondering about my existence and thinking what can i do is this it it's interesting mm -hmm. isn't it and painful as yeah. well I mean, I, I, I honestly, with what I've learned, you know, say five years, it's probably six or seven now, but it's it's kind of what I'm learning now or I see stuff, I learn stuff, you think, well, why aren't they teaching this at school? Mm. You know, we live in such a violent place. Let's, how do you take that violence out? Well, let's treat, let's teach some meditation. Um, and and uh, so I was, I was working in London and then I thought, oh, what, what am I going to do with myself? I don't want to go to the pub anymore, you know, after I finished work, um, and then so I booked on to a mindfulness and meditation course, and during the whole of that two and a half years down contract that I was doing down there, every Tuesday I would go off and do it. And, oh, and, wow, and I was, cool. the, the first time I, I did do it was it was kind of linked in. I'd already started on the the, the progression that I was on well, on the road I was on, and um, I did that was the best thing I ever did. I, I I have to sleep on my own because, like you say, with the anger, I've always been at war with the world mm. you know the whole world i've always been at war with and one of the subconscious ways of dealing with anger is i have night. i used to have night terrors so i would get up and act out so i have to sleep on my own and uh once i started the meditation it stopped completely stopped wow. i don't i don't have Powerful. it I'm, you know yeah. I, yeah so i don't actually i still have the the night I can have extreme nightmares, but the night terrors where I'd get up and act out what yeah. was going on, even though I was still asleep, has stopped. Right. And the meditation was was the the just making peace, like sort of settling you, yeah. set whatever that kind of um, yeah that that commotion, chaos in my head. Yeah, yeah. because I know I'm no scientist, <laughs> and I don't do any, but like it's almost like whatever our instincts are you know, your generation from your fathers, your instincts to be sensitive and to to maybe follow though that sensitivity, but then that's being ironed out by a generation above you where that's not acceptable. Then you kind of, that all gets locked and malfunctioned and then the frustrations are coming out, like I say, in ways we don't even understand. And you see it all the time with road raging guys on the road who are just fucking, you know, up late for work and, they're drinking whatever they're having the breakfast on the road and they're drinking red bull and having a fag and fucking the traffic lights you fucking yeah you know and it's like if you were to sort of zoom in 
and then go in on a micro level and start looking at what happened the night before, maybe what happened the day before that and what happened at the week, you know, and you'd start to see like a pattern of like just little details of things just not just not clicking and not being in flow and not being in harmony and then it just comes out of yeah. us, especially men. Yeah, I'm terribly. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're built, we, aren't we? we me too? and Connor was working together and I had started on this self-development. I'd watched uh, a YouTube, you know, my, uh, it was actually um, Till Swan. I got hooked in, uh, on the, which is a very entry sort of level um, self-help kind yep. of uh m- provider she does videos of everything i don't know if you've ever seen her right i've seen Uh, some bits yeah yeah. and um but it sort of for me it was an entry level so i knew i didn't know what feelings were do you know what i mean i hadn't been taught feelings um so it then would i I know i would be feeling this way and i'd go on there and put in there and something else come up and then she some of it on some of us i recommend you watch this video so for me on an entry level that was quite a key it was like a grounder um, but I, I had been into the self-help for quite a while and me and Connor were working together and it was up, it was up here and um, we were working together and, and he was allowed to be emotional. I never give myself permission to be that way. So, you know, you would be the rock for, or the safe harbour, go out mm-hmm. and sail out and mm-hmm. if the ch- seas are choppy, you know where to come back in. And we would and we started talking and once we started talking it was like a so that 60 minute drive drive home yep. turned in it was like Alan Watts just yeah. me and him you know what I mean yeah. it would just be banging up and he just looked at me and the first time we started talking and he just looked at me he went you're deeper into this than I thought like you know what I mean oh and that's it was, lovely what a lovely yeah. thing and, and I just wanted to ask you there Darren so when as you're bringing the kids up, did you did you find the kids being a dad and parenting itself did you find that Maybe looking back, maybe not at the time so much, but do you find now looking back that maybe that started to help with, as you mentioned, he was allowed to be sensitive. You didn't put the blinkers on him. You didn't shut him down. There's probably moments when you were back, because I get this, Mm. I've got it programmed. I've got anger programmed into me from the way my mum brought me up. You know, the first reaction to everything was fucking, Mm. you know, and sometimes I can feel myself get a, get towards the trigger and then like whoa hang on a minute i'm repeating a pattern here and like this you know like this but it's in me mm. did you recognize any no. of that with the kids <clears throat> no. not not until sort of i started on this journey myself um and and there's been times on reflection that, that you, if they cried they cried I, I weren't that you know that way mm. i was much more softer would you scoop I them up and be, give them a cuddle come here let me give you a cuddle yeah, I, yeah. I mean i'd cuddle them i, I mm. would tell them i love them and, mm. and you know they would say they love me like you know mm. so that side of it was more i was more softer than than, yeah. than i had had because i knew how that felt when I, and i was really sensitive I, I was you know my nan would call me a rough diamond you know what i mean mm. it was it mm. was um i was so sensitive but i had to desensitize myself mm. for my own sanity like yeah, you know what i mean or in you know you watch it on the on the on youtube on some of the videos is how you learn to survive yes. you know um and that's one thing um and it was connor was quite young when i uh, at the time and he was playing football and and they were having a game there was he was playing for the local team and and he had done some tackles and someone kicked the ball it hit him in the face and you just you knew it hurt it hit him mm. right on the end of the nose line and he just looked at me and i just went like that because he just looked at me as if the song gonna cry like you know mm. and I just went mm-hmm. not now not now like mm-hmm. and then looking back that was my dad in that was my dad mm-hmm. speaking not me mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I do sometimes reflect on 
that experience. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as a rule, like you know, um, I. But I, that I'll step in there, there, because that gives me food for thought. Because my little boy, one of them, the older one, is much more prone to the drama. So you know how it goes. We're on the park. One of them slips off the whatever seesaw. You know, and one of them will make a bit of a drama, even though it's it hasn't really hurt him. It's mm. just a bit of a shock, and he likes you know the pamper. Mm. Whereas the other ones, you know, you, if you're going out, well, you're all right. Get off me! I'm all right. You know, so it's really weird. But what I've noticed, as you say there about your lad getting it, Connor with a fake football with a face, or the face with the football. I said to my boys, and, and I've heard myself saying, you know, there's certain times when, you know, you're going to go into the automatic cry when you maybe wouldn't if you give it some thought. And I was trying to discern between emotional crying and kind of like when you should try and be brave. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong or whatever, but like I was saying to my oldest boys, like, look, you know, if you do fall over and at your knee when you're playing with the boys, instead of you, you know, like with your brother, he doesn't just start crying. He'll just try and brave it up because he's just hurt his knee. Whereas if someone, if you're sad because of something has been said that's not very nice or you're sad about mm. something that's very different mm. but I sort of found myself saying to him man if you hurt your knee and try and brave it up boy you know mm. so I'm giving you a good ticket there so I can have one <laughs> I just think it's different kids are different you know all three of my kids are totally different yeah <clears throat> um, you knew when one was more emotional, they were more prone to cry, and the other one's as hard as nails. But when he cries, you know he's hurt himself. Right? Yeah, you know it's a real mean? deal. He's, he's just, you know, he used to walk by. Like, you know, you know, I knew myself if they had hurt themselves, they they needed me, or they uh, were having a little sob because they wanted something. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's, it's having that yeah. about me um, now, knowing that I did that subconsciously. Because mm. years ago, I wouldn't have understood that because of my own lack of yeah. understanding like yeah. you know it's yeah. uh yeah. but um yeah so you know we do we, that's really what it was like yeah. yeah well so as we move nearer the day then so you guys eventually you moved up here yourselves you followed the grandparents up um you came up to woodall spa and then you started a life in the flatlands of the shire with the fields and the woods and you started building towards where you are now, which is with Spiritual Awakening Worldwide and the movement and everybody's on an awakening. You've said yourself, you, Julia, your wife, she's a she's a psychologist and she helps people with all sorts of ailments that, is, that are more and more prevalent in today's world than ever mm. with, I think, my personally, I think with the internet and screens and just the peer pressure and the complete lunacy of trying to keep up with 7 billion people in the world. And you you've got the farm side of it yeah with the fairfield organics yeah that's um so how does that all come about then i mean we mentioned at the start of the podcast there the boys just started chopping wood and clearing the clearing the forest a bit and clearing the wood at the back of your place yeah I, I, it's with with my sort of journey it's been a kind of load of stepping stones but not stepping stones in front of each other i've skittled all over the place <laughs> and, and and um we we um it started with being asked to go cook, like as a witness for a, a chicken odor, and and you know we we get caught up in you know living down there. You go out and you get your chicken two pound fifty. You eat half of it and launch the other half in it. You had no concept of what it was. Yeah. And um, when so I, the the we was asked to go 
as uh, sort of give a witness statement. Yeah, no worries, I'll give a witness statement. Off it went, and then bang, come through a letter to appear in court. I was like, what, 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 what's this about? Like, you know, and um, so I ended up going to, w- w- there was only three of, three of us out of the village who had done this, so the three of us all had to go to court. And part of the, so that farm was found um, guilty of odour. Okay, talk us through that then. So what what had happened then? So, so a little chicken farm had expanded into a massive intensive livestock unit and obviously the bigger it got, the smellier it got. Right. Um, lots of complaints had come in uh, or or um, had been given and mm. and the because they come under the environment agency, they, they, they we was asked to do a witness statement for okay. the impact on on that. Um so we merrily did that and uh, and and the food side of it that was my journey into understanding what it was because um obviously this is chicken land and um mm-hmm. so um i was asked to contact the the company who run it and um so i get goes on the internet find it trying to find out where where they're to speak to someone in their headquarters and the nearest office was in ireland and the main company that owned it was in Brazil. Oh, wow. So it's the major <laughs> player in this area. But, you know, if you want to speak to someone, it's in Northern Ireland. Or if you want to speak to the actual company you own, the everything, it's in Brazil. So, Jesus. So, so uh, yeah, so we went to court, um, got grilled by a bar- two barristers for an hour and a half in, in Lincoln Court. And uh, they were found guilty. Part of the improvement of what they were going to put in place was for us to go and visit a chicken farm, a state-of-the-art chicken farm. And... Um, so we went down there and got a brand new pair of wellies and overalls and airnet and everything, you know, feet in the disinfectant mm. and as you do. And uh, this was their state-of-the-art thing. And, and so we went in there and it was just like, for me, being from where I was from, having no idea what food, proper food was. Yeah, how it gets where it is. Yeah. And, and I just walked in there and I just went, wow, this is like, this is like outfitch, you know what I mean? This yeah. is outfitch for chickens, like, you know, mm. and... Uh, and and that started my food journey. So as well as my spiritual journey, I was learning about food and and um, and ev- you know everything regarding that. So you know, um, and I learned so much. Um, <clears throat> part of at the same time as that, and I had my own company. And two thousand eight, I I had to pack it up. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people did, didn't yeah. they, with that credit crunch? Yeah. Mm. So uh, and. I'd been, so before learning the spiritual side, I'd been learning how to grow food, which had coincided with the court case. And um, part of my uh, experience, I just said to you, I don't know what, I just need to go and dig a, dig a patch up and I want to plant some potatoes and, and stuff. And that. But the minute I put my hands in the ground, it was like every, all the pressure that I was under, it was not a nice period of, of yeah. life. Mm. and all the pressure and the minute I, I started doing it was it just went it was i can only compare it to, uh, there's a film called the dome right right and it sort of this dome comes out of the sky and plants over the top of a village and when i was in that vegetable patch that's how i felt right was, the outside world no longer existed okay um and, and and that's where i got sort of so so the two things coming coincided yeah um, and then with what we've just gone through now, so what I'm doing is uh, is like a, a permaculture. So it's um, what I'm going to is a CSA, is a community community supported agriculture. Okay, yeah, interesting. So yeah. so, so um, not everybody has the knowledge to grow. Not everybody 
A as or that's A and B, nobody's got time. But everybody wants to grow and know where the food comes from. So the community supported agriculture is is that we will grow, say, a twenty week um more aimed at salads and that type of stuff. Yeah. Totally organic, no no chemicals, no pure, just pure. And everyone buys into that. And so the actual people who are buying it are the the, the farm. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So so you know it will be, but then it will be, um, you know, if you go to certain supermarkets and you look at their organic section, there's nothing. Yeah. Um. So on the few people that I've spoken to, everyone, the minute you say it, everyone, and you t- say what the story is, yeah, yeah, they want to pay a part of it. Of course. And and um, with the therapy side of it is. Um, so with me doing the counselling course, I, you know, Julia's the counsellor. I don't want to be a counsellor, but mm-hmm. what I want is to be do the eco therapy and, oh. and and to bring the mental side of of. So when I put my hands in the ground, it's earthing. Yeah. So most people go, oh, I'm earthing with my feet. I've got no shoes and socks on, and my feet are touching the floor. Yep. But it's no different. You put your hands in there when you're growing something. Yeah. The same process happens. You're connect, reconnecting with mm. the earth, and mm. that's what I got from it. And that's what I want to bring into to people. So if not only you know they're part of the community supported agriculture, but come down and you do it as well. You know, have an hour of therapy and look yeah. after your own food while while we're doing it. Um, and um, and also have like um, what I want to do is aim it more at men than than but women would be uh, of course uh, welcome but uh, more you know I find that men ho- have nowhere to go and be men do you know we, we all used to go to the pub and and yep. talk rubbish you talk about diesel engines and politics yep. and yeah th- there's no places for men really to offload now and be especially in that way Darren I yeah. mean in, in in a way where you know, again, so many layers to that because, as you call it, earthing. You know, connecting, doing something natural. You're outside. You, the, and uh, we had an allotment. We didn't get very far, but I, because we didn't have time with the three kids. I just, I just no excuses. I just couldn't. I just didn't. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready at the moment with the way my life is and the way it's structured. I just didn't have the time to do it justice. But I read a lot and did a lot of research and I, I did all the hard bit. I'd like a fucking. <laughs> I think I had a 15 metre by 8 metre plot that I dug right, and got it all prepped and got it all blacked out, ready to go, and then I never did anything again, so I did all the hardware. <laughs> but um, there's something about, and especially, like you say, for men, you know, the pub is gone now. I mean, we'll not get into the whole COVID thing right now, but the whole culture's changed, you know. Pubs were turning into chains of eateries and what have you anyway. Yeah, men being somewhere, if it's not the football, and again, the conversation or the, the way of thinking, as you mentioned with the generations before us, you know, it's changing. And men getting together now, you're a lad who's worked with your hands, I'm a lad who's worked with my hands. This podcast has been born out of like me trying to bridge the gap between the lads like me, who I know are out there, who want to think about things, who maybe do write poetry, but they don't want to fucking tell anybody, or they do think a certain way creating those avenues for people and allowing someone to see, oh, he's a, he's just a lad and he's thinking that way. Yeah. So that's an amazing way of trying to, yeah, round that off mm. with the with the, the psychology, the physical doing. Because then when those lads get that actual grown food, that's powerful. Mm. When you fucking grown that food and you did that. it's To me, it's, it's um, nurture. 
Yeah. It's nurture, you know. He's, and nature, he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, you, you know, you, for some people who have no, um, to look after a plant is no different to look after a human being. You know, you've got to feed it, you've got to water it, or, or it's gone. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and, mm. and I think people are missing that in their life, but um, it's just creating that safe place for men, or women, Mm. Just to get into that, that flow of being okay, it's you know you want to make some poetry. Mm. You know you mm. want to go and hug that tree over there. Let's go and, let's go and hug it. Mm. You know it's not gonna. Mm. No one's gonna get hurt no. by doing that. Mm. You know, and if you want to do that, do it. Like and know? the alleviation that we get, you know, is just fucking. I mean, it sounds silly. Bl- blokes watching now, these fucking idiots yeah. talking about fucking planting shit. And, <laughs> but to know where you, you said before, knowing where your food comes from, I'll never forget working in. I went to do a job when I was a kid in a factory which probably similar it was the net and the the boots wellies and disinfectant and i had to put pork chops in uh polystyrene trays so i was just on a conveyor belt and these just big lumps of pork that had just been sort of machine cut i just had to grab a couple out and pair them up and i can remember i only did a day in there because it was just mad i thought whoa this is crazy but i'll never forget the feeling of like when you look at your meat you know like and it's just presented lovely and it's in a little package that isn't what it is. No. It's just mad. But most people, I mean, you know, you, we, we, I was working on the contract when the last one I was on before uh, the, the, the shutdown and I made a decision, right, this is, I want to do the farm as a, a, an old school traditional uh, farm of knowing where, you know, the ducks have come from, knowing where mm-hmm. the chickens have come from, educating the kids who want to come. So if people who are part of the community supported agriculture have got kids come along, or let's see that your chicken isn't that's that's a chicken not not something in a tray you know what i mean it's mm. it was once the mm. life so that's where going back to my childhood was you know you 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 go to school dinners and you used to say a prayer before dinners yeah it, you know now yeah. it's just hoof it in yeah. front of the telly what's left goes in the bin and it was never nothing and we don't think about any of it we don't consider i mean it all seems so flippant and kind of normal but when you really do think about what we're losing every time we get further away from our sus that's our sustenance what we put in our bodies is literally what we are it's what what gives us the opportunity to be healthy and to enjoy a, a period of time on this on this earth with when we're getting into our elder years we're still able to move and be functional because we put nutrients and minerals in our bodies or we just eshed in like you say stuff off shelves that with with fucking god knows what in it and like then we start breaking down and things go wrong and we don't know why mm. and we won't know why because we never paid attention yeah. i think now at this time you know in culture we're aiden and i are often talking about you know there's a lot going on at the point of us doing this we're just pre-lockdown for the second time in covid as we record this you know there's been talk with the government about what's a um a shopping item, a an essential item. Now, fuck me. What's an essential item to you? Mm. What's an essential I- item to me? You know, how many carrots can you buy? You know, it's we're at that point and it doesn't make any sense. And I think across the board with everything, with the phones, with the social medias, with comparing people against one another, with the whole missing physical things we do. I was just talking to somebody earlier today about, you know, it's not just, you know, the people who are paying attention to how phones are 
and internet and all this interconnectivity is actually harming us you know initially we're on the surface of things we're talking about the time we spend in the screens and you know and but we're not thinking about well yeah the banking app's great it's not just facebook we've got to whinge about you know the banking app's great but like once upon a time you used to go down to the you used to ring somebody go to the bank speak to somebody make an appointment and then you would you would honor that appointment you would go to the bank you'd stand in the bank you would speak to somebody you'd have an exchange you would come away you know like all of those kinds of things we've eroded like we the the connections to one another the connections to to something measurable and real are like just evaporating and it's novelty at first it's amazing did you know my iphone can do this now it can do what you can do what and then gone it's just on the list of things that the iphone can do the food the connection this is what i love about what all you guys are doing with, with spiritual awakening worldwide is that we're trying to get back to that i'm desperately trying to get back to that just like you mentioned it earlier people don't have time i mean if people do know watching this how much is involved with growing your own fucking food it is if you've got kids and you want to grow your own food that's pretty much your time done it's um uh, one of the things that i'll part of the in in there is is sort of um uh so the the type of grain i'm doing or, or what will for people who are coming down will be learning is that you don't need time to grow right it's, it's an absolute fable there's there's different ways of doing it okay so so it's time the education kind of given whereas i think my generation was the last time people were taught to cook so you need time. Don't have a vegetable plot because you need time to look after yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's where I was going with it because when I was looking at my vegetable plot thinking I've got to be down there every... I fucking hell. I'm, <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's... So the part of the growing cycle that I, I'm going to do and it's all about the soil. Do you know what I mean? The soil's a living organism. Mm -hmm. So you've got... You look at farms now and the, the ground's dead. There's nothing there. They've sprayed so much chemical and it, it's no longer even living. So I think it, they're saying... For every person who's born, you need one ton of topsoil, and it takes ten thousand years for the earth naturally to make to a ton of topsoil, and we're killing it Jesus. as quick as it, you know. So the tractor goes along, sprays all the chemicals over because the agronomist says the ground needs to be neutral. Well, neutral means dead. So then you've got to put other chemicals on to make the food grow because the soil's dead, and and it's just chemical, chemical. So that's chemical. before we're even putting pesticides and god knows what on to make you know certain things be a consistent shape or a consistent color and what have you like we're already they're already going into a just a sea of chemicals yeah a complete sea of chemicals it's 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 and and um so when i was a kid and we used to go off on the day trip somewhere the plow you'd see a farmer going along and the plow would go along and there'd be a mass of different birds following the plow along if you ever out and about and you see a plough going along, there's no, there's no birds there. When I was a kid, it would turn it over. It'd be full of everything, insects, worms, everything. Now there's nothing in it. Mm. You know, so next time you're going along and yeah, you see a tractor, yeah. there'll you, be hardly any birds. Even the seagulls don't follow it. Right. If you're ever out and about and you Got see you. them, just watch, watch the plough going along and just to see how much of nature mm. is following that mm. for, for a few... We've eradicated it. Totally killed it, yeah. So... so um, the time, so the type of plots that I'm going to do is going to teach people that you don't need time. There's other methods to do. So That's part of the permaculture is 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 you know rather than weeding, 
companion plant or um, mulch it and then stop the weeds growing. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, right. it's learning that. So okay. most people think, where you, like you say, you haven't got time to do your vegetable patch because you can't grow veg and rubbish. Well, eradicate the rubbish and only grow your veg. Mm. And, it, and it's the different methods that of, of doing that, oh, okay. which is what is going to bring people along on that journey because a lot of people don't know that there yeah, is... Yeah, no, that, you know, I, I I literally undid back the lease of me thing thinking, I said, no, well, I can't be down there for two hours. It just isn't going to happen at this yeah. point in my life. And I kind of made a little justification in my head of like... Well, when I'm a bit older in my life and I've got a bit more time, it'll be it'll be like a pastime for yeah. me as well. And yeah. I'm, I can hear myself like convincing myself all sorts of shit. That's it's, interesting. It's, it's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a. I mean, I learned. I started learning this yonks ago was uh, with a book called. It's like a, a cartoon book, Five Minute Gardener. It's right. like you know you need five minutes a day, or call it an hour a week. Do you know what I mean? So Jesus, it's, as little uh, as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about suppressing everything that you don't want to grow. And feed everything you do. And okay. Yeah, it's, it's uh, some of the permaculture stuff. I say on, on the Instagram, and, and I follow people all over the world. You know, there's, there's, there's community support. It's CSA, which isn't a nice word, but it's community supported agriculture. It was a European idea that we exported to America, and then Europe forgot. Obviously, Big Brother come in. They don't want all these little, yeah, you know, little independent, independent yeah. people doing it. We'll mm. smash all the independents. You've got then all the chemicals come in so in my lifetime all the ailments the you know cancer's gone through the roof yeah uh, not allergies and not, everything yeah, yeah. Everything. All, the, all these foreign chemicals in everything it's all all to do with in my opinion yeah. in my very unprofessional opinion mm. it doesn't it coincides with the growth of everything that we're spraying all, all over yeah. our food which then you know um fiber myralgia is there's yeah there's no known cause for it mm is it you know i might be part of a conspiracy theory on this but if you i'm old enough to remember when we didn't put all chemicals all over it and then you look at the world today well there's too much of a coincidence mm. and it may be a conspiracy but no, it sits, no, sits so, so well with me that i've gone well this is what i'm going to do this is what I, i'm going to feed my family you know um uh and the other families who are, are come coming into it are totally already signed on to it like you know mm. why if you love your child why would you give it something covered with yeah. a byproduct from a fuel making system that they now spray on your dinner you you wouldn't put but people don't know that they just watch the tesco's advert and every little helps yeah. darren and yeah. you know get two for one and it's all organic i yeah. mean aiden see if you can get up anything about the statistics of um any kind of correlation between since we've started to chemically enhance our crops. Because I remember listening to my uh, my wife, they're up, her family from up Jarrow Way, up north, and her mum, big family, seven kids, I think, and they used to be run, they used to get sent out in the garden to pick everything out of the garden for the Sunday dinner. They'd pick it all. And I don't think it just stops at food. It's everything, isn't it? It's deodorants, it's mm. skin products, it's fucking makeups. It's like we're, everything. We're, there's chemicals, plug in air fresheners. We've got foreign chemicals. Like, you think about it. Some people get up in a day. I mean, I did it once. Get up in a day, you you get your whatever soap, you know, you clean yourself with that soap, you know, and you put your gel on your hair, you put your moisturiser on, you put your, deo, your, your antiperspirant or whatever it is under there, then you have to shave on here. You know, you've got the, I don't know, the, the air freshener in the house or the plug-in air fresheners, you know. that's you're on, then, then you start eating your food. Yeah. I mean... 
it must be some kind of um, correlation between, and is and is it due to scale? Is it because there's so many of us, and we live in cities, and in the city there's X amount of people now, so we must, you know, we've got to have that many carrots, that much broccoli, that or whatever it is, or is it just profit? Is it just mass production? Uh, um, me and Julia had this conversation the other day, and and quickly going back to the chickens is when you go into the supermarket. Um, the, the sense making is has gone out the window. There is no sense making. So when you go in, you go into the chicken section and having experienced that experience, mm-hmm. where you've got the chicken, you go into a supermarket. They've got a nice brown covered, you know, perfect chicken in a perfect grass field, and you go up and go, oh look at that chicken! I'll have that one. Mm. Would you be so keen if you went in there and see the pictures that I'd seen when I went in there? And what the, they actually look like? How it actually truly is, and you'd look at it and go, no, I, I think I'll get some. I think I'm going to become a vegetarian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's. Um, what we got there, Aiden? Uh, this is just a paper um, that what you said that there, there have been evi- there is evidence that suggests epidemiologic uh, epidemiological um, like the whole thing um, between chemical pesticides cancer is viewed if animal studies many pesticides are carcinogenic e.g. organochlorines creosulfate while others bloody hell yeah I mean although I mean we all used to we read those things every now and again we, we dare to look on the back of a label don't we mm. And we sort of go, oh, it must be all right, because we've just bought it from Tesco's. Mm. Well, that's the world production of pesticides. Annual world production is 1,000 metric tonnes of formulated pesticides, 1945 to 85. 3,000 times 1,000 metric tonnes. Jesus. And that's, that's, is that's an exponent, well, exponential growth, growth, yeah. But that, that's so. So going back to what you said, is that because so you've got five companies, maybe you are in control of our total food production, and people do live in cities. But the good one, you know, one to go on is uh, on YouTube is mm. um, Curtis Stone, the Urban Gardener. Oh, okay. So so what is starting? That's another American um, thing. Is he basically? Do you ever remember the? program called the good life yeah god yeah the good right. life that was amazing right. the neighbors used to come around That's didn't they yeah. yeah 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 well he, he he reminds me of them but um so basically he dug up his back garden his front garden and he used to he had a bike and and obviously all the vegetarian calves in the states he was just kicking off so he dug up his front garden his back garden planted it with with seasonal vegetables and sold it to the vegetarian cafes. He used to take it on his bike on a trailer and that's he now does that. He rents five other gardens. And that is is, is mm. and it's turning chunky money, you know. Mm. Real big money. Mm. Big money. I'm not talking yeah. just the proper proper food. Proper food, yeah. And 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 so one of the principles that's where I've learned where the no time to grow, you know, yep. is permaculture is what that's what caught me on there was learning his methods of, of doing it and taking it from there, and that's what I'm going to do in my place. So he's a, a vegetable batch, and you just grow and grow. What's and his grow. name? Curtis Stone. Curtis Stone. The urban gardener. Oh, here he is, look. Yeah. Curtis Stone, urban farmer. farmer yeah. Wow. And so he's got a, quite an active YouTube page, yeah. then, and he's just sharing. He's sharing what he's yeah. doing, and, and he lives in he lives in a, a sizable city in the states. 
So so it's it is doable. It's just the people's awareness of of it isn't wow. isn't there. Wow! Look at all them videos. Yes, that is amazing. Yeah. And so so when you mentioned that you're growing them and there's no, so you're not using any any pesticides. No. So is the the old thing that you always hear is, oh yeah, but you've got to keep the bugs off, or you've got to keep this off, or you've got to keep that off. So what you do, you would like companion plant. So say um, you're you're growing cabbages, and you've put radishes there down the sides of it. So obviously the smell keeps, or onions is another one keeps the keeps. The, so if you can distinct, it's companion planting. So you you plant something, or you um, particularly plant something, knowing full well that they'll eat that before they eat what you want. Okay. So so it's controlling. It's working with nature rather than against nature. Yeah. Or saying, well, I've got these, you know, a lot of them bugs that are going to eat your stuff. The caterpillar, caterpillar is the classic one. So so it will eat some of your stuff. It goes into a chrysalis. It turns into a butterfly that then pollinates three times the amount as it's at. So you put, you plant something, commit that. Uh, or you go back to like the Red Indians. I think it was a seven seed cycle. They plant one for me, one for the earth, one for the bird, one for the insect, oh. and, and on it on it went. And right. uh, you know, it's it's that type of. So you, you use, you're allowing for the the holistic nature of it. Yeah, you're allowing sort of the the process to to play out of itself. Yeah. So in in traditional farming like we have, is they they want to field a corn that isn't damaged by insects but they're not going to plant anything else so they then spray everything so insecticide kills everything mm. so rather than using nature they're, they're killing nature because that ends up being an argument for <coughs> vegans and, uh, or against veganism sometimes isn't it where we don't realize how much rodent life and insect life is just 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 destroyed yeah. in Growing, yeah. growing vegetables, yeah. even yeah. because of the way that we model. Yeah. So is it, is it even with the numbers where we are? Then I mean, how realistic is it to to create this kind of um, process for the majority of people to eat this way? Well, it's it's, it's a new adventure, isn't it? You know, mm. we we could say we've, for the last, you know, like your graph does show for the last fifty years, we've mm. done it this way, and and. I think so far we've killed sixty percent of the mammal life on Earth. Jesus Christ! You know we've taken all the big fish out of the seas on a water-based mm. planet. Yeah. Well, where we're we going to? At which point do we start eating mm. insects or each other? Like you know what I mean? Mm. Is because it can't be replaced. So I think you know, and it, it's just mine. I I can't change the world. I can only start with me, and I'll change me. Yeah. And and if someone else changes them, so you know, I, I'm going to look after me and my family. I'm going to look after this family. You know, mm. I'm going to look after that family, and that family might go. Well, actually, I'm going to have a vegetable plot. So, in, yeah. if I can cut three meals out a day by using this system that I've learned, I'm not going to the supermarket three times a day. I'm yeah. going to plant this with a little bit of work. Work never killed anybody. I'm outside. Yeah. <laughs> I'm growing. I'm earthing. I'm feeling better, and I'm not going to it's the supermarket. It's a fucking remedy for the times, though. Yeah, I, I just feel it's the right time. I think you know, with the political unrest, movement, yeah, um, you, you're not dependent. If you're you're dependent on a supermarket, that supermarket runs out of food. What are you going to do? I think you fucking bang on the yeah. timing, mate. Because right now, I know 
everyone's got very different views about what's happening right now and some people are really scared and rightly so because they're watching the news and they're reading papers and they're listening to that mainstream just overarching just narrative that's just hammering at home that this is a dangerous 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 time and therefore you can't only you can only buy certain things from the supermarket and you mentioned earlier when you were at school you know punishment was isolation that was a punishment i remember it well mm. i got put into isolation you know we had tony gooch on uh, recently who talked about when he's in jail you know the worst punishment you'll get is to be put into segregation on your own mm. i think now as we come out of this thing certainly people that i talk to people that are kind of in my world there's a lot of the talk as it has been for many years it's just happening so fast right now is that i think in the end we move into smaller communities again where we do realize that you know darren grows the vegetables and sam fixes the shoes and you know alex teaches the kids really feel that's coming on for me and i think i think people are going to be considering things like this more and more because when people are sat at home and they're locked in the house in the next few weeks and they look in the fridge and they're running out of this or they're running out of that and the idea of going to the shop is and you know you start to think well shit you know what does happen when the lights go out how can we you know and the americans we we sometimes as english i know i do sort of poke a bit of a fun at the americans and the prepper kind of uh, mindset and you know the second amendment and they're ready with their weapons and because they're going to defend their honor and I, you know but now i'm starting to think fucking they've got it sorted absolutely i mean you know a, a lot of people will I, I do you know i've shot for a long time so so people say that's cruel but i'd rather i'd rather eat free range so you hunt you hunt as well don't you? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, you know i more so on the recent contract, I was when I was working in London, you know, and they said, oh, What are you doing the weekend? I'm going shooting. And they was like, Oh, that's you are cruel, you're evil. And I said, Do you eat meat? And they went, Yeah. I said, Well, I think you're more evil than me. I said, yeah. Because mine's free range. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's uh, I think you, the Second Amendment is, is kind of protecting yourself, but you're protecting yourself, you're protecting yourself, your food mm. protected. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're not mm. reliant on on anybody, you know. Mm. And and if you was to cut it down, that I'm okay. Two days of the week, I'm self reliant. You know, a lot of people haven't got gardens, mm. or you know, or I can remember as a kid in the areas we we grew up in was that you would have a vegetable patch, a rabbit cage for rabbits, or chickens for chickens, eggs mm. and meat. Now people fill their gardens up with a twenty foot trampoline and and, yeah. and and a patio set and a but rubber I, jacuzzi I, yeah i haven't got i haven't got the space for a vegetable pets well yeah what, you know where's your priorities because when you know prepping is an extreme way of it but you're just making your own independent or i'm going back in time where i am the provider and i'm going to provide my family with proper wholesome food you know and i don't think there's any any better and, and the same with the kids kids get bored you're going to have some kids who, what are you, what are you doing? Well, come and plant, plant, I did it with oh, with, with Liam. On, um, we had a pumpkin, we had carved it, and he scooping all the pumpkin out. This was years ago. And he went throw the seeds in the bin. I went, well, 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 what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm chucking the seeds away. I said, we'll dry them out, we'll grow some pumpkins. Mm. Went, really? And then so we, we, we dried the seeds out, and then the following year, I said, oh. In the His little, own pumpkins? Yeah. 
in the greenhouse. I said, oh, so we dried them out, and he come round the following week, turned them over, it was on tissue paper, and then we put them in an envelope, and then the spring had come. So, oh, you want to get the pots? Get some pots. We'll go and plant your pumpkins. like." And he did, and he grew his own pumpkins. And I, I bet mean, he was he fucking amazed. It. He loved it, yeah. Which yeah. is like what you're getting at with, if we can get the guys down and start planting stuff, you will, you know, you will... S- literally viscerally feel and see people being amazed that like oh wow mm. so many things are happening there that i mean it's, it's blowing my mind now just thinking about it <clears throat> food we take it for granted and i think darren g on this podcast previously said as well that the people we're just so used to our luxury yeah we're so used to just like people we don't want to surrender our luxury you know we look out the window and we think yeah it's not looking good out there but mm. it's all right in here mm. and the car's on the drive so we'll kind of totally. bury our head in yeah. the sand a bit yeah and I think we are more than ever right now, definitely at a point where ideas are running pe- through people's minds now about shit. What does happen if we, you know, maybe we should think about that. Maybe you know, and we are questioning things. But seeing, seeing children in moments like that recognize like so many things all at once. You know, not throwing something in the bin just willy nilly. You know. Cleaning it up, saving it, putting it in an envelope. Even that bit, you're like, what? And then you whip it out six months later. Oh, remember you? Oh, yeah, 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 brilliant. Then they put them in the ground. Then, you know, another four months later, it's fucking great big pumpkin. I did this, but I didn't just carve it. I grew it. It's my pumpkin. I grew this. That, for a child in the, in the iPhone age, is magic. Mm. That's magic because there's so much happening there that is going to be fundamental to the wiring of people young people going into a world now where we've removed we've removed so much of this mm. and we need it more than ever it's, it's planning Food. for the future as well i mean i think kids today are, are they totally live for now so i'm going to do this i'm going to break that and I, you know what i mean mm. it's there do that with like with him and the seeds you're teaching them life skills you're planning for the future do you know mm. what i mean that's a mm. fundamental mm. human existence i am planning for next year so rather than living in the next five minutes I, I, i've got to do this i'll do that and i'll put it on my calendar plant pumping seeds like you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's plans and the purpose of that the purpose that comes with it the meaning the purpose you know and the the yeah I mean, my wife and i we're, we're gonna be taking our children out of school because mm. we're kind of Again, after a long deliberation over the years, I mean, they've only been in the school five minutes, so in the year, they're five and six, you know, but we're like, we we weren't sure before anyway if it was right for us and for them. With everything that's happening now, again, I know I keep alluding to it, but it is a pretty unprecedented time. Certainly not happy with a lot of the things that are happening and what they're being... Um, I don't want to say indoctrinated with because it feels a bit strong, but they're certainly being conditioned to a way of being at the moment. And at five and six, as you've pointed out, in a different way, but it's the same in the end, is when you when you learn, oh, we don't cuddle here, mm. right? You, you, even though in you, there's a cuddle in you, but no, you don't do it here, so we don't do it here. Like, that's what's happening to kids at the minute, you know? Like, touch, feel, expression exploration like that's being ironed out and we've been we've been talking about it for a long time and we've pulled the trigger now we've written the letter and we've gone through the motions and we're setting up what the future is going to be and i'm 
and my wife, we're coming up with ways of like, how are we going to go about this? We've got ideas, we've got people we're going to see, we're reading books. But it's this kind of thing for me that is, you've just said it there, you're, like, you're learning to plan for the future. You're realising there's mathematics, there's science, there's geography, there's biology, there's everything going into growing plants mm. and growing vegetables. Science. Everything, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, how many so do you homeschooling them? We're going to be homeschooling yeah. them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, currently, um, one of the people I'll watch on YouTube, um, Daniel Smachtenberger. Right, jot that down, Aidan. <laughs> he, he was homeschooled. Yeah, and he's, he's, he was the one... Um, so many times in my journey, I've learned something, I hit a brick wall. And, and the latest one, we had a solstice party for the after we cleaned, cleaned the woods. Yep. And um, so there was a group of pretty spiritual people there and um, we, uh, we played a clip from human, Humanity Phase Shift and everyone just sat there, just, just sat there listening. We played it on a, uh, on a phone connected to a speaker and every single person just went there and at the end we, okay, and it blew everyone away. Yeah. A few people there were deeply spiritual, and that's what I need to listen to that again. But he, it was the, the the kind of final one where his videos on YouTube are. are off Is this Dan, Dan, Dan? Daniel Smachtenberger? Is that him up there? Yeah. So okay. Emergence is a good one. I've and seen him. I've seen yeah. him about on stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, Critical and I, I stumbled across him to rebel wisdom. So I've always been a bit of a rebel, and I uh, um, saw that and that fit. And yeah. I thought I was I was watching. I do, and uh, you know, before I go to bed, I'll do a video, even if it's as deep as yeah something that he does. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of process that through my sleep. Um. So will it? Is he? Is he got some ideas with the homeschooling then? Or well, the, he was or, homeschooled. Or, he was homeschooled. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and um, so he goes into, um, on some of his videos, um, he actually explains. So he will, and it's, and it's absolutely amazing, the, the, the story of his schooling, where his, his parents were hippies. Right. And him and his brother were homeschooled. But they'd, he'd say, you know, question, one of the things that come to mind was, why is the sky blue? Yeah. That's a fucking universal question every kid asks. So, so then his dad would say, "Right, okay." Then they yeah, go off why the, the fuck what, is what? the sky blue? <laughs> yeah, and then they go to the library. Because, project, and it, and it, and so that question would then open up this um, bubble that had opened up that bubble, and that, uh, to listen to the bloke, he, he's, he's oh, I will be yeah. following. I'll follow through with yeah. him, then, Darren. You've yeah. made a note of that, Aidan. Yeah. There's a good Excellent. one. Um, a good starter one for me is a humanity face shift. I, I just love it. We played that at the start of this party, yeah. yeah and and, and it, it, what's the answer? So you know, I'm not finished. I'm not. I'm far from finished. But mm-hmm. like at this part, um, I was at that place where I watched that, and another door opened. You know, you're looking at a brick wall, thinking, I can't get over this. I can't get round it. Yeah. I, I was kind of stuck. And I watched. I just stumbled across it, and I watched it, and then the door just opened in yeah. the brick wall, and and then and I then went through there. Thousand mile and, yeah, journey yeah, into I, the next. Then it, that opens up another yeah. series of self learning, self development. Uh, but I, I find him. He's deep. He's deep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um, I've I've, I've recognised him. I have seen yeah. him on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was. Uh, I, I, I'm. Uh, 
I, I, I normally watch it at least once a month, and I normally find something else. Like you know, it's uh, yeah, he's quite deep. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there might be a way. Then I mean, I'm thinking about the wonderful people I'm meeting through the podcast, as and as my wife and I, like I say, we. We're being realistic about what we're doing at the moment. We've talked about it for a long time. We always imagined it might be when they got to kind of secondary school age. And obviously things have accelerated this year with the way things are. And also, you know, my boy, the oldest one's six, and he's already talking about his friends have got these. And I'm like, fuck, man, they're six now getting iPhones. That's mental. That's mental. Like the the, the whole myriad of, of... complex issues that that presents that are going to play out over time are unreal and the 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 hive kind of um the hive energy that that creates and 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 like we said before about you know like when we when we chase money a little bit or when we want the stuff we get the stuff because that's the stuff we've got to get you know to kind of stay in the culture that that, that's really frightens me So we're we're really kind of thinking of like okay so we we've, we've pulled the trigger it's going to be Christmas time we've got f- some friends in the village well my wife has friends in the village who've done it for a long time and they're she's had a couple of meetings with them already got loads of ideas we've, we've I think we've got three or four books that they've had us get that we're reading and it's just then coming up with ideas of how we're going to go about it and putting some structure in place and finding our way of doing it. But then I started to think about podcasts. I think all the cool people that I've met, and there's probably things that even as simple as, you know, because one of the books we're reading at the minute is unschooling. So it's kind of like the whole process of just reframing how it is, and we learn and what what we learn and how. So I'm first. I was thinking, right, well, we could go and do this project there, and I'm thinking, well, no, maybe it's just a day out. Mm. Maybe when I bring my kids over to to your guys' farm and we have a day and we do whatever, like, that is it. Like, And then we ask questions when we get back or we write something about it or we do an art piece about it. Like, It's about the experience and being present and actually paying attention to real stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think Darren G, I watched the, the podcast with Darren, he said, well, you go to school, you don't go to school to learn, you are taught and you're only yeah. taught to be in a Victorian um, factory-style Yeah. Yeah, that, that academia yeah. kind of yeah. It's not uh, to me. It's not academia. You are. It's a Victorian way of teaching someone to sit on a stool and do a repetitive job. Pass so the you, test. You go. You clock on. You sit and you listen to drivel and yeah. do a nonsical. Yeah. You know algebra. You know I did algebra at school. Did I? I'm fifty years old. I've never ever used it since. Yeah. Like, you know what's the point? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Teach me to make something, and I'll make you and be infused. Yeah. Be be committed to yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a great podcast with Darren. He said a lot of pearls of wisdom on there. Um, he he he's gone on to actually do his own podcast actually, which is really interesting because he's talking to a lot of young people. So people who are watching, listening, who did find Darren here with us now, we appreciate you being here. Check out the Darren G podcast because he's talking to young guys uh, and people from within the kind of criminal justice system who are trying to again help young people kind of get to these kind of decisions try and find meaning mm. in things because that's where we are now so the future then for you i guess it's building up that it's building up that permaculture community and trying to get people in and 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 therapy it's almost like a therapy as it's, well then. it is therapeutics it's it's um uh it's it's to build it you know we've we're quite fortunate with the position that we've got that that if you like the the potential there is limitless so is there enough time? Is there enough space 
yeah and, and the more people who sort of come in there's plenty of room to grow so that side of it we're fortunate um and it's linking up everything that we're doing there like you know so is um you know with the spiritual groups that we've had you know this year probably weren't a good time to start but on the on the events that we've had everyone's loved it you know it's mm. very free and mm. the deep and meaningful you know one of the cert you know that we're we're sort of opening up the meditation circle that we we do um we've you know gr- like connor said graham and viv come over is yeah. uh, is opening in that up and and to sit and meditate um and then when we meditate, you know, if we was to meditate now, you'd get something out of it, and I'll get something totally different. But to be in that authentic space where you're in in, in a non-judgmental in yeah. arena, yeah, is, and, and then we unravel it, like what what it meant for us and mm. what we experienced, and that makes that experience even deeper, like you know, of course, and, yeah. Um, and and we, many a times we we've gone over, and and before you know it, it's. 10 o'clock at night, like, you know what I mean? And and you're just sitting there and mm. it's just like, you know, with lockdown again coming on, it, it ain't going to happen for the next month. We we, we kind of um, have been doing it every two weeks, but we were doing it weekly, you know, when, when the weather was, was yeah, good, but, yeah. you know. Um, and then obviously when you could be in a, outside there, we would sit around and, and cook, you know, I, I like to cook and we'd, cook a dinner and, and break, it looks amazing I've been following following the page and following the pictures at the events and I know previous guests and listeners that have, you know I think um, Hannah Hannah Green who was on who's in it to ecstatic dance I mean I know she was keen to contact you guys and try and collaborate some kind of I mean this year's been a bastard for just allowing us to just be and get on you know yeah. with breaks on breaks off change what, what rules what you know it's obviously the same for everybody um, but yeah, the, the community that's growing, and again coming back to what I said there about myself and thinking about my kids in the community, and and further in the future, I'm thinking about communities getting smaller, and the people that we're meeting and connecting through this podcast, for me at least, is is really putting some food for thought in my mind, literally about building something in a, in the future, in in just participating in one another's energies and not just seeing it go by you know because we're all busy on the gravy train i think the gravy train is going to fucking hit the hit the rocks totally yeah Isn't i mean it? i know you mentioned on one of the recent podcasts you did the dunbar scale yeah dunbar's yeah. number yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so so that i had never that apart from on my learning it's the first time in public you know we we've talked about it but outside of our group that you hear it and communities getting smaller well according to that scale the mass the main number is 150 once it gets under over 150 it, it disperses collapses. yeah do you know what i mean so communities um you know with what's happening today with the election in america you know i i cannot fathom out how our general election is more important than our parish you know so if you look at the the, the two mm-hmm. someone 200 miles away tells me and Woodall what's good for me not the parish you know, and mm. I think I think it's gonna communities are gonna go back. Or well, maybe it's more of a hope or a wish mm. that communities go, and it gets smaller. And then, mm. you know, if I'm gonna do something and it affects you, I might think twice if I know you're gonna come around and say, "Well, look, Darren, what, what was that about? Why yeah. did you do that?" Yeah, you know, this is how it's affected me. You know, you mm. put this chicken farm up here, and I can't breathe now because it stinks. <laughs> 
That you know diminished I mean? responsibility is what happens though, isn't it? The more people we have, the more um, disconnect from the reality of what it is that we're participating in seems to happen. And what is alarming, because I feel similarly, I feel like... I think the people, we the people, which I know it sounds like mad talk, starting to separate ourselves from the establishment. Although it's always been the case, but it really viscerally feels like there's a real divide happening now where our rights are just being waved off. I mean, most people watching this, I think, are paying attention and have an idea of what is actually fucking happening, mm. you know, and that, there, you know this disproportionate because where is this thing that you know mm. but we are we are handing over our rights our integrity our our future our our very sovereignty to to the the structure the the, the government that is reshaping itself because of digital technology because of these things a lot of the things we've spoken about today because it has to shuffle because it's in a war race it's in a control race but we are getting left behind and where I feel like we, the people are feeling like, yeah, we need to come together and I need to find like-minded people. I need to be around Darren who's growing vegetables and learn how to grow vegetables. I need to be around Hannah who's finding ways to, you know, meet new people and, and let off steam in a way that doesn't rely upon a, whatever, a gym membership or a whatever. But then at the same time, that very government are removing parish councils and they're creating uh, larger regional government arms so all these parish councils are being lost so your ability to go and see your parish councillor is just getting taken away and as you very well said all of a sudden you'll be speaking to somebody who well you'll be writing an email to a bot machine that is to the office of whatever it is you know the east midlands district community whatever i think they've called it. i don't even know what they're calling it but I've, I've seen that that is what they're doing now it's already happening down in shropshire they're just removing all those individual town and village parishes and town councils and it's just being gobbled up into these bigger arms which are just one one stretch away from the main government mm. so that ability to go and converse with your neighbor about what may or may not be good for you that's that's slipping away that's rapidly yeah, so we're, we're, we're basically it's sort of going to uh, gear up for next year's events. Um, we had some good do's this year. Mm. <clears throat> um, we had a couple of weekends. We was going to gear up for the uh, Halloween solstice, uh, but obviously groups weren't allowed to meet again, so yeah. uh, that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, so, yeah, we're just the, the meditation circles, the education weekends, um, obviously, hopefully next year is going to be better than this year. Um, so we're just going to link all, all of them events up, and obviously bring people in for the, the you know for the ecotherapy or the CSA that we're, we're also going to do. It's, but it's all linked, you know. It's mm. healthy mind, it's healthy all holistic. Body. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. paying attention yeah. to their whole existence yeah. and a bit of meaning and yeah. a bit of worth and learning and education and communion because you're going to meet other people who are actually thinking you know what there's more to this and that's really empowering i mean you you must have experienced that when you well you, you've mentioned it when you with your own son work coming back from a day's graft and you sort of crack the lid on a conversation and he's like whoa mm. when you start to have these feelings when you do have that that internal mirror held up and you start to look at your life and you start to unpick a lot of the fabric and restitch yourself in a in a new shape, you know, when you find somebody else who's like, oh yeah, I I, well, I came across that guy on YouTube or I read that book and 
yeah, I'm I'm feeling that energy. Like that's so empowering. Mm. And what I see when I look at the pictures of you guys over there, I just and like I said to Connor, you know, we will be there. My family will be there because I know how beneficial that is to just be around it. And who knows who you're going to meet? Oh, absolutely. You, you, it's, and, and then the learning from the meeting mm. is everyone because uh, it's so an unju- unjudgmental and safe environment. It doesn't, you know, you. you People are free to speak, you know what I mean? And, mm. and as long as you're not going to be... Most people there are not going to be offend, offensive in their speech. So it's mm. more edu- mm. educational and mm. therapeutic anyway, like, you know? Mm. It's, it's, it's free. free. It's a yeah. freedom, yeah. a sense of yeah. freedom to it. I, I don't know anywhere else where you have that type of environment where you can be non-judge... No one's going to judge you, mm. you know, and... and we talk about freedom of speech, and as long as you're not going to outwardly offend someone, or mm. maybe because of the people there, you, you learn to deliver. Your delivery is, you know, yeah. sometimes I think people say more things considered, in, a bit clumsily, like you know, yeah, of course. Um, and yeah. um, so you know, there's massive. We have such deep and meaningful the intention. I think that's yeah. so much to do with intention, isn't it? When you're in a place like that, when people make the effort to. To be in a place like that, there's an intention that that sets the tone that is, you know, we're not there for a rock. We're not there to prove a point. You know, we're not in a, you know, a long vegan um, Facebook feed where everyone's trying to prove who's got the most vegan knowledge or who is a vegan or isn't a vegan or you're a meat eater and you're not. And everyone's just trying to prove a point and it's 70 comments in and vegan warrior says that you're, you know, like it just all gets crazy and everybody's probably got good intentions. Mm. But being with people, you know, Face to face in the woods, in an environment where everybody's there to just fucking let go of all of that. Yeah. Just literally let go. And once you realise everybody has let go, and I mean, I use the analogy, and I think I did with, with Connor on the podcast, of like, like it's like the wedding, isn't it? You know, when, some, when everyone's been in the church all day or whatever, we've all been sat around. We get into the night, do you can see the buffet? You're like, right, someone's going to give the green light on that buffet soon. And then someone gets up on a dance floor. Some nutter just gets on a dance floor. Fuck it. Tie around their head. And then that's it. (laughs) The floodgates are open. Everybody feels like, oh, brilliant. You know, we can let go now. That letting go bit. You know, me, I I class myself as pretty confident in my skin. I'm not too fussed if someone thinks me, whatever, I I dress for, I've got silly tattoos or whatever. I'm, I'm all right in my skin. But we all... We all need to shed sometimes and just let go and just... And that's what I loved about what, what Hannah was saying about the ecstatic dance, like, because I think that's like the ultimate in yeah. in in a in, a, um, in front of people to really just let your fucking body just go. go. Not yeah. just dance and be on the beat, but just let your body go and be. Like, that must be fucking amazing. Yeah. And in an environment like that, yeah. with, with just everybody who's there to not just... Let you do that, but empower you, yeah. empower each yeah. other. Yeah, that's oh, it amazing. Is, it is empowering. Yeah, it's mm. it, um, it is good. You know, it, that's it's fun. You know what I mean? It's it's fun. It's what we need yeah. right now, Darren. Yeah. Raw, yeah. raw of fun. Yeah, it's great. Well, listen, thank you so much for this. It means a lot for you to give us the time, and you know, uh, we're going into a lockdown, so human contact will be nice. Yeah. Um, we'll send everybody over to your page, which are your page Instagram is Fairfield. Farm, farm organics permaculture organics permaculture yeah. organics yeah. i'll link that in spiritual awakening worldwide yeah. i'll link all that in and uh, we'll send people over and yeah hopefully next year come over we can yeah i mean fucking you've got to hope aren't you yeah that we can live next year definitely 
and we'll do this again as well because yeah. I'd love to speak to the other guys as well. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you. Peace. Cheers. Cheers, Dan. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Chew the Chat podcast. Thank you for listening to Chew the Cat podcast. Chew the Cat. I want to do my own work. Go on then. Very angry. Yes, Darren Hazelwood. What a lovely podcast chat that was. Really nice. It was um, really... There's a moment in it when we're talking about Darren's dad and, you know, how he felt and the turning point in his life where I really felt kind of, I felt the emotion of that coming through and the power of that and seeing him or hearing him, well, I visualised him, but when he was talking about the, the pumpkin seeds with his with his grandson, you know, and kind of, I don't know, the all of that maybe that he didn't have when he was a boy that he's, he's passing down through his children and certainly his grandchildren as well. It's just lovely, just really, really nice. And I really enjoyed the chat and I hope you guys did too. Um, so thank you to Darren, thank you to the guys. And as we did mention in the podcast, we will we will get um, the 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 other two, um, the two members of the team who, who, Graham and Viv, and we'll get them on and we'll discuss the, the academic side of Spiritual Awakening Worldwide and what goes into writing these courses and applying these values and lessons and learning and accrediting people and setting them on their way in, in the path of spirituality. Awesome. Okay, thank you to the sponsors. Go Deep Flotation, Google it, godeepflotation.com. Thank you to our second sponsor, the powerful and still operational linkandcryolab.co.uk you can use the code word chew with both of those um, sponsors and they'll get 10% off hit go deep up send them an email ask them questions they'll they'll respond they'll give you some insight and they'll welcome you in as soon as you can get out your own house thank you to pod bible thank you to anchor for having us thank you to all you guys for listening and sharing and telling friends and just being part of the family, it's amazing. We've got a fun one coming up. For me, it was a fanboy moment. I've had a couple of fanboy moments so far on this podcast, but this one might be the biggest today. I've got the powerful Slipmat next week's coming for you guys. Slipmat is a, well, it's known as the godfather of hardcore. So in the late 80s, early 90s, Slipmat came to prominence with the the dance music scene as a DJ, as a producer, making tracks, top 40 tunes, top of the pops um, appearances as part of SL2. And his his name was laden, as you'll hear, I'm fanning out a bit on the podcast, on, on my walls in my bedroom when the band posters came down, Michael Jackson, Guns N' Roses, all that stuff came down in my sort of, when I, I don't know, maybe 13, 14, and rave flyers went up. And the, the weird thing that happens when you're too young to go to these raves but you're kind of close to that that part of your teen you know you're an early teen but you you know you're just not far from being that little bit older of a teen where you can get into these places and experience this crazy colorful futuristic world of dance music so it was a real pr- privilege and a pleasure to speak to Slipmat and what an insight man what a dude and I I always used to wonder about the DJs I mean I know a lot of guys now that did did the thing but on the level of Slipmat and some of the other people we're talking to in the future, um, it was really a 
cool insight to get to know what his mindset was and his discipline and how wrecked he got when he played and so on and or not even um yeah it was amazing and he was such a gent and left us with some wonderful insight and a couple of books to check out as well so that's coming slip mat check it out if you were around in the night is if you loved it if you didn't love it if you were just aware of it even if you if you weren't around in the night is and you listen to the music Fuck, it was brilliant, man. It was a crazy time. And Slipmat's music was super positive, as you will hear he is. So looking forward to that. Loads of other fun stuff coming. Fuck the lockdown. Fuck COVID. Fuck the UK government. In the sweetest way possible. But let's listen to our instincts. Let's be people. Let's be a community. Let's be a society that trusts one another. Let's not just rely on the telly and people with vested interests. Love you all. Take care. Peace.